What's up? It's Kaylee Cuoco. When it comes to travel, we all have a happy place. I just went to my happy place. I just went to Maui, and it was truly amazing. Priceline has always been about getting you to your happy place for a happy price with deals you really can't find anywhere else, like up to 60% off select hotels in Costa Rica or five-star hotels for two-star prices in Cabo. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey everyone, welcome to The Final Four is Not on the Schedule. I'm your host Eric, alongside with expert analyst Rod. Thanks for joining us on the best MSU basketball podcast featuring an in-depth recruiting, game matchup, and post-game analysis. We dive deep to give you the best tools to enjoy the Spartans and impress your friends and family. Hey everybody, it's Eric alongside Rod here after the season opener victory by Michigan State over Northern Arizona Lumberjacks, 73-55 at the Breslin Center. I just got back from the game, the multi-moments sandwich was delicious. It was nice to get back there. Uh, And I guess, you know, when you look at the game, the start of the game for Michigan State was clearly Joey Hauser, who finished with a double-double. He had 18 points, 10 rebounds, and a little over 30 minutes of work. Uh, He was 4-8 from... Three and six to twelve overall from the field, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess Rod. You know, when you look at the game, I think certainly the the line was twenty one points, which is pretty close. It ended up being an eighteen point margin. It looked like, from an offensive standpoint, there were a lot of really good open looks from Tyson Walker and from uh, Jay Nakins that you would think that they normally would have going to hit some of those, and Walker just couldn't hit anything from the floor. The only thing he had was a couple of layups, and so I think. You know, they're from a shooting standpoint, they could have been better. Uh, it, and you think that they're probably going to be better this season. Lee Hall was good for about five minutes, and then he was just rebounding, but he didn't really do much else offensively after the first little flurry to start the game. And so, a game, I guess you're sort of a little dissatisfied. It's probably not exactly what you wanted to get before we go to do the keys of the game. I think that's just my overall impression. I guess it's okay, but you definitely could have, uh, you definitely wanted more in that game, I think. Yeah, I, I I can I can see that conclusion. I think there were some very good things, but um, yeah, you were you know you were a little bit disappointed that you know two of the guys that we expect to be big time shooters, Tyson Walker and Jaden Akins, were a combined zero for seven for three, and they were all good looks. But on the flip side of that, they took eleven and ten shots respectively from the floor, which I'm okay with. Yeah. Because I want those guys to be aggressive. I thought Tyson Walker, you know, apart from that, the fact that his jumpers weren't falling. And then on the flip side, you say, well, he got a couple layups. He had three, and those were actually all really good takes. There was one in particular where he used a hesitation dribble to just, (laughs) I mean, completely freeze a defender and then just blew by him. It was maybe the best move I've ever seen him make at Michigan State, certainly. So I thought that was a good sign that he kept coming. He didn't let that get to him, the fact that those shots weren't falling. And then you look at the rest of his stat numbers, four rebounds, decent number. You know, they need those perimeter guys to pitch in, so he did. Um, But five assists, one turnover. And he had two steals. I thought defensively he was outstanding. Yes, I agree. I thought he was really, really good. And, you know, that that's – 
So to me, I don't look at his overall game as a negative. I think it was just a night that just the shot wasn't falling. They were good looks. He took them. They just didn't drop, but he didn't let that get to him. He kept coming in other areas of the game. For Jaden Akins, I think the biggest thing is that he played. He played 16 minutes, didn't look worse for the wear. I thought he looked, you know, he just looked a little bit out of sync at yep, times. But then, you know, you look at you look at the way he, sc- he did manage to score. He had one play where he used his quickness and his handle to create space for himself on a jumper and nailed it. Um, you know, he did some good things too. So I'm, I'm reasonably happy with those two guys who didn't shoot the ball very well. Malik Hall, um, good start, got five points very quickly, including the first of the game. He hit a three for MSU's first points and then scored on a, um, a reverse. If I remember correctly, uh, soon after that, and then didn't score again. Um, and he played 34 minutes. So you'd look at it, say 34 minutes, four shots from the floor. That's not going to get it done, but he had seven rebounds. And I thought, I thought he gave MSU a little bit of attitude, a little bit of grit in this game that, that maybe they're otherwise lacking. So I'm not ready to say it was a, it was a bad night from him overall, just maybe a little bit unsatisfying offensively. I thought the seven rebounds were important, you know, considering that most of his minutes were played at the three, that's what they need. You know, there's a lot of criticism out there and I've seen some of it tonight. I get it at times, the job that he did defensively at the three, you know, he got blown by a few times. Um, I didn't think it was particularly egregious, but whatever, we're going to get a full report card on him coming up very soon in <laughs> yeah. terms of his suitability at that spot. I, I'm not where a lot of the Twitter Adi seems to be on his performance, but I get that it wasn't, you know, great, great stuff. But on the flip side, Michigan State's got to do the job on the defensive boards. And if I've got my starting three man grabbing seven boards, I'm reasonably happy with that. And I would say, too, with that, he's he also had three blocks. And I think that goes to your point of him being aggressive and having a little bit of edge. I think he got I don't know if he if he's the one who sort of instigated or not instigated, but he was or maybe it was Walker that the technical foul came on later that just the guy was just totally frustrated. It was for, it was Walker. Yeah. The, the guy thought uh, Lloyd thought that he uh, he should have gotten a foul call and, and he didn't. And then he got teed up. Uh, but that that Northern Arizona team had a couple of guys. Lloyd was one of them, and uh, the big kid Tout was another, who really, really ran their mouths. I don't know how apparent there, that was at Breslin, but they were um, they were irritants, <laughs> and they were trying to be irritants. I mean, they really were. Um, and so Michigan State did need some guys to step to that a little bit. And that was, that was what Malik did. So I appreciated that aspect of his game, which, you know, really isn't something we've ever seen from him before. I thought, you know, uh, just kind of running down the rest of the the lineup real quickly. I thought AJ Hogard actually had a very good game when he was on the floor was just the foul trouble in the first half really limited him. But you look at it, um, nine points, eight assists to three turnovers, in only 16 minutes. I mean, that's half an assist a minute. That's a, that's a pretty good clip. Yeah. If he played his normal minutes, you're talking about, you know, 14 assists, something like that. Um, you know, he had that run early in the second half where I thought, 
you saw obviously the strengths of what he could do offense, but he just used his size and strength yeah. to sort of bully cone. And that's great because, you know, that's something I've prayed for for years and years and years and rarely seen it is that Mich- when Michigan state has bigger guards that they use them more around the rim. Now, you know, I've, when I've been calling for that, normally I've been thinking about, let's say somebody like Denzel Valentine who played off the ball a lot. And so what I was envisioning there was kind of an inverted post game, kind of like what Wisconsin used to do a lot of, um, and still does some, but they used to do a lot of it under, uh, Bo Ryan, uh, and Michigan state never really did that. It's amazing how Denzel scored as well as he did and never went to something that I saw him do in high school all the time. And I think he could have done in the big 10, which is just bully people in the post. AJ Hogard does it, but he does it as the point guard. He just sort of gets himself with the ball into those positions. And so that was nice to see. I thought the one three that he missed, I thought it looked great. It looked good. I don't know how I it looked it was, at Breslin. It looked, yeah. yeah. It looked like he was going in the and and the release looked really much, much improved. I mean, a guy like if in fact at first glance I didn't think it was him. <laughs> I forget who else was on the floor with him, but maybe I thought it was Pierre Brooks. Maybe I thought it was one instead of uh, instead of double one. But um, it was a little bit shocking how good it looked, even though it didn't go. So, um, you know, a decent game. I, I didn't think he was always great defensively, but that's we've seen him defend well. I'm not worried about that. Uh, but not a bad game. Other than, you know, the fouls had him sitting so much. Um, Pierre Brooks, we should talk about. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mentioned that in in the our last podcast that I felt that there was some criticism that I thought was unfair. And boy, it didn't take long for Pierre <laughs> to back me up on that. <laughs> yeah. um, 14 points. Only one rebound, but it was, again, an offensive rebound for a putback, just like he had in the exhibition game. And Michigan State can use that from him. There was also a play for all the threes, and those are important. Um, there was a play in – it was the second half. Uh, no, it was the first half. I'm sorry. It was the first half where um, Pierre got over the t- – no, it was the second half. He got over the top of a screen on a pick and roll and drew an offensive foul on the screen. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was a, that was a big moment to me. And it's something that I don't think a lot of people are going to, are going to focus on, but that was a big moment because it puts to the lie that he's incapable or unwilling to do the things that he needs to do defensively. You know, he worked hard on that possession and it got him a call. Uh, we need to see more of that obviously, but, um, really good night for him. I mean, and don't kid yourself four for seven from three on a night where Tyson and, and Jaden just weren't hitting. They needed that. And he's a guy who's fully capable of coming in and making shots. The question is going to be how much does he give you in the other areas? And I thought tonight he was pretty good. Um, the big man, you know, Marty four point six boards, I thought looked solid. You know, there was nothing spectacular. The turnaround jumper he had was nice, um, but uh, nothing spectacular, just solid, steady play. Thought he looked very good defensively, though, and he had a lot to do with taking away uh, what what NAU had on the interior. And then I thought Jackson Kohler 
had himself a pretty nice game in 16 minutes. Six points, nine boards. So once again, he's proving me correct, at least in the early going, that I think he's going to be a very productive guy in those two counting stats on a per-minute basis. He's going to do a lot of things when he's on the floor. The question is with him, how much time does he get based on the other things he did? I thought tonight he held up pretty well defensively. I agree. You know, um, the kid that uh, NAU has in the post, um, for the most part, Carson Tout, uh, he played 32 minutes, even though he had foul trouble. So that means he must have played most all of the second half because he sat some of the first half in foul trouble. You know, that kid did not have a great game, but in part that's because Michigan State did a pretty good job. I thought Jackson just, when he was defending him in the post, I thought he did exactly what you want him to do. He just kind of walled up, stayed solid, didn't bite on anything, and made the guy take a contested shot Yeah, without fouling him. I mean, that's all you want to see from Jackson in those moments. Pick and roll, you know, NAU didn't really, I, I didn't really notice Jackson getting fried on any of that stuff. So I think he hunted in there. Okay. But they didn't really test him all that much either, but pretty good for him. And then Carson Cooper, four minutes ended up getting the free throw, almost had a, a dunk on a lob from Trey Holloman, uh, but got fouled on it. Um, still, you know, four minutes, got it, got some minutes in there. That's what you want to see from him. Just getting his feet wet. And then the, the last guy to really talk about is Trey Holloman. And once again, and he only played 11 minutes and almost all of those came in the first half. He played when Hogard was sitting with foul trouble and in a different situation, you know, maybe you would have come back in with AJ Mm -hmm. at some point in the first half, but they didn't. And in part, I think it's because of how well they played with Trey Holloman out there. Trey Holloman has already shown enough. I would hope to convince everybody of two things at a minimum, he can run this offense. He looks comfortable. He looks, he doesn't look out of place. Looks like he knows what he's doing in terms of running an offense and giving MSU a ball handling option there, which in turn allows them to use Tyson Walker more often off the ball, which is important. Um, and then the second thing I would hope everybody should realize is Trey Holloman is going to be a defensive demon. I mean, he had two steals in this game, in 11 but minutes. um, yeah. Yeah, that that doesn't even begin to tell the story. I mean, he was again, he and he and Tyson Walker in this game were both just really, really good in terms of their perimeter defense. Um, So, yeah, I, I think all in all, you know, nobody had a really awful game. Uh, You had some guys who, you know, are good players who are capable of doing more, um, maybe just had an off night in terms of getting shots to drop, but overall decent, you know, there's certain things they, they did, you know, all the consternation about turnovers that this team gets, they had nine turnovers, you know, that's a solid game. Yeah. It's unusual for us to begin the season. Yeah. First game. Wow. You know, um, so I think you have to be happy about that. Uh, we'll talk about the rest of the stuff as we as we go through it, but not a, not a great performance. Certainly not one that that makes you think, "Wow, look out, Gonzaga!" But um, but solid. Yeah, I would. Uh, and I thought so. I think for one thing, I think Northern Arizona is better than they were last year. I mean, we'll, I guess we'll see. But I think I think they are improved, and so I think 
the predictions that they're going to be a little bit better than they were last year is probably accurate. And I think they were hitting some shots in the second half, certainly that were, um, that were even that they were missing the first half that I think were just as contested as they were in the first half. I do think Michigan State's defensive intensity was definitely not there in the second half early. And they, um, because especially once they had the, you mentioned Holloman, when Holloman and Walker out there, it was a nightmare trying to get the ball up the court or to like run any sort of offense. I mean, I wouldn't want to be a point guard with those guys out there. I mean, they were just, they're vicious. There was one segment where Northern Arizona actually managed to barely maintain the possession, but Tyson Walker just about ball hawked them out of a possession and Izzo, you know, slapped or just gave him the fist pump and, you know, was really into it in the first half. Um, that moment was kind of emblematic of that first half defense with those two guys out there with each other. It's just very tough. They just need, they need Jaden Akins to round back into form, which will happen. And, um, and then AJ Hogard to do things defensively that we know he's capable of doing. And boy, you will have a hell of a four man combination. And I would say that Sissoko in inside, I mean, he's holding up. He's not fouling a bunch. He's he's staying solid. He's he is. Uh, I guess I, I I want to be careful what I say here because I I don't think he's better than Bingham defensively. But I think there are things that he can do that Marcus couldn't do. And so you know, I, the shot blocking is certainly not what Marcus had. But you know, he's not biting and stuff on blocks. I I think he just plays more solid, right? I think he just he's and he's getting rebounds two hands. I he just he seems to be playing smart. And before he just played like a guy who's trying to do all he could in the few minutes he had on the floor. Now he's more comfortable and and just he seems like like know what his assignment is and and is just smarter about when he's out there. Uh, he is. I think that's exactly right. Uh, he is clearly not at a point where he will impact the game defensively in big ways, the way Marcus Bainham did. He's not going to block shots at the level Marcus Bainham did, but he's also not going to take chances the way Marcus would at times. I think he's going to less frequently put himself in bad position. Um, now, how does he compare Marcus got when Marcus was healthy, Marcus got to be pretty good. Finally, as a pick and roll defender, I like what I've seen from Madi early, but he's going to get tested much more seriously. Let's be honest. Yeah, we've seen him against a Division two team and against a, a Division one team that's clearly in the back half of Division one <laughs> right. clubs. Yeah, yeah. We don't know where, but it's clearly there. Um, so we haven't seen him really tested. I mean, Friday night we're gonna we're gonna find out. It, it's going to be interesting, but I don't write off the uh, possibility that we will look back at it and say, you know what? They got a lot out of that position. I still, uh, you know, so far I need to see, I need to see a game where they really get exploited. They just don't look good because right now the exhibition in this game, I'm looking at this combination of players, you know, and say, well, so far, you know, look, if, if Jackson Kohler, um, and I'm not saying he's not going to get, you know, I, the matchup. If he has to guard Drew Timmy for extended periods, th yeah, that could get bad. Th there could be some moments where, you know, he gets, he gets taken to school. I would expect it, but you know, if he's, if he was just unplayable at that end, I think we'd be seeing things that are different than what we've seen, even in these two games. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like yeah. he's, he's giving you enough reason. Oh, for, for example, 
where does Jackson Kohler look? And I'm talking about just even defensively compared to where Monty Sissoko looked as a freshman. There's a difference, right? Yeah. I think he certainly looks much more prepared than Monty was or than Marcus Bainham was as a freshman. You know, and I'm just, again, I'm talking defensively and, and also say what you want. Nine rebounds is nine rebounds in 16 minutes of play. He's, he's doing what you hope he would do. So I, I still think there's every reason for the moment, at least to believe that MSU getting solid passable play at that position is very possible with this combination. And who knows? We might even look back and say, we sold them short. Yeah, I think finally, and finally, I think to add with Joey Hauser, the guy looks like a totally different player. He looks very much like he did at the end of last season. It in and even more so, I think he looks super comfortable out there. Like he just knows what he's supposed to be doing. He looks very comfortable on offense. He takes his, he doesn't hesitate with the shot. He just goes right. I mean, goes right at it and looks. I mean, he just looks like a totally different player than he's than we've seen since he's been at Michigan State. Much much more fluid. And less mechanical. Yes, that's a good point. Way of putting it. Yeah, I guess the only other thing too that was interesting is that you know Monty and and Kohler. I mean, they play basically the same amount of minutes, and so I don't know if that was by design. It's not like Monty was in foul trouble. It's not that he was struggling. I think, I it it'll be interesting if they sort of platoon almost this this season. So that I mean, that'd be great for Michigan State. You have two guys who are very fresh and give you a totally different, you know, just like we were talking about earlier, it's like two different types of running backs. You don't quite, you know, you, you have different sort of looks. Yeah. And they, and they really do, you know, but at the, but at the same time, you know, we say that we've been saying that all along and I do think in the long run, that's true. But at the same time, you know, again, we're saying Jackson, maybe, maybe Jackson, is a little bit better defensively than we were concerned about. And maybe Mahdi, I, well, I don't even think it's a baby with Mahdi. I think he has clearly made strides offensively. Um, you know, in these two games with uh, Grand Valley and this one combined, he still hasn't missed a shot from the floor, you know, for whatever <laughs> that's worth. Yeah, right. And it hasn't all been dunks. There have been some dunks, but he's hit a couple of jumpers one against Grand Valley, one tonight. So, you know, this is a guy. I also wanted one more thing while we were, I did want to go back to, we didn't see very much of it. Michigan State as a team only shot eight free throws tonight. That's maybe a little bit disappointing, but you and I were talking before the game. One of the nice things in this one, what made the game go by so fast is that they weren't whistling a lot of fouls, right. which is nice. But one other thing about A.J. Hogard, we talked about that three that he missed, that it still looked good. The other thing, which I think is potentially a big deal, you're talking about a guy who shot 62% from the line as your point guard. Mm -hmm. And he's not just any point guard. He's a point guard who's going to get fouled a fair amount. Right. Because of the way he plays, right? The way he get looks to get to the rim, draws contact, all of those things. He went three for three tonight, and it wasn't just that he hit all three. His stroke from the line looks vastly improved to me. I mean, he looks like a legitimate shooter there. So I just wanted to mention that before we before it got lost as we move into the keys. I think that's another reason to be encouraged about what AJ can be offensively this year. Yeah. If he could be even a 75% shooter at the line, that's a huge deal because he's going to get there a fair amount. I'm confident in saying that. And that's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that, but his he did look different shooting. And I guess you, it looked just like his three-point shot where it looks like 
you know, it looks like a shot. Like you're not hoping it's going to go in. It's just that you expect. He to looks in. like a shooter now. Yeah, right. He looks like a shooter. I mean, that's a simple way to put it. Well, okay, let's go to the five keys of the game. Um, first would be defensive glass. And, uh, you know, when you look at the rebounding edge, it's, uh, let's see, it's 33 to 25. So Michigan State out-rebounded them by eight. Well, it was, it was Oh, four, no, sorry, that's 46. Yeah, 46 to 37. 46, so 37. nine. I'd say overall defensive glass was okay. They were defense. They were offensive rebounding about 30% clip for Northern Arizona. Uh, they got 13 out of that was too high, I think, for that team. But they had, I mean, you could argue, well, the lots of crazy bounces off the three because they're taking lots of long shots and stuff. I don't know. I mean, it was, a, you know what? I thought they did a really good job of the first half. In the first half, they had Northern Arizona at an offensive rebounding rate of a little bit under 22%. Yeah. Um, the second half was not as good. They let they let the the uh, foot off the gas in that area of the game, and there were a couple sequences where it was very frustrating that they weren't able to get defensive rebounds. Um, I'm going to say that was a little not a disaster, but a little bit disappointing. And and it's funny to say that when you look at some guys individually, who had, you know Joey Hauser ten boards, uh, which I believe Call had seven, Mahdi had six, Kohler had nine. You know, Tyson Walker had four. The problem is you get beyond those guys. Hogard had one. Brooks had one. Aikens had one. Holloman had two. That's not enough. And just in terms of the way, look, you could say what, what you just said about, well, there were some weird rebounds, and a lot of long shots. You know, Northern Arizona took a lot of threes, et cetera, et cetera. All true. But. You know, is Nebraska not going to take a lot of threes? <laughs> yeah, you know, right. yeah. Uh, so they've got to be better. I just, whatever it takes, they've just got to be better because, especially given the way the competition is going to ramp up just in a few days and kind of stay that way for the rest of the season, not a lot of nights off after this. Um, you can't afford to be giving a lot of these teams second and third chances at the bucket. If you get them to miss, you got to end a possession and Michigan state's just got to be better period. So, so next, which kind of leads into that is actually tempo. And one of the things that we've said is important is that you have to cl- clear the boards and then you can get into your um, fast break. There's more fast break. It was better this game. I think than last game, I think when you look at the numbers, I think the fast break points actually, uh, let's see. I think it was, I think it was about even, I think it was 12 to 12 to 11. So Michigan State that, so Northern Arizona had one more point. I felt like there wasn't, I don't remember that many fast break points for Northern Arizona, to be honest, but, um, I don't know. I, I thought Michigan State was a little bit better again than a Grand Valley game, but there weren't, there weren't a lot of transition baskets either way. But what I would agree with is I thought Michigan State's guards, AJ Hogarth in particular, when he was in the game, I thought was much better at pushing. Now, Northern Arizona did a good job balancing the floor, so give them that. But I thought Michigan State was much quicker overall getting the ball into the into the forecourt, into the front court, you know? Yeah. Um, so that that I'll go that far. They were better there. Didn't get a lot done out of it, but you know. That's the way it goes. Well, and I would say too. Now, when I start thinking about it too, there there are actually a lot of opportunities when they were pushing the ball. It, we always talk about the fast break points and sort of the 
you get better positioning and better spacing initially and less the diff before the defense is set. There were a lot of open looks that, that Walker missed early that were off. True. Not true transition, but right like the, they got down quickly and he was open. Yeah, sec- so, secondary, right, secondary break So stuff. I think in that sense, I think they probably could have had more. And that's why I probably felt like it wasn't as bad as it was Grand Valley where they just kind of looked like they were stuck in mud. I think this time they, were, they definitely looked like they had opportunities. They just didn't convert on them, which you think they probably would in the future. Uh, that's probably fair too. Yeah. Uh, so number three key was being aggressive. I think you know defensively, there's no question they were, but the aggressiveness was more on the offensive end, and I think we saw that with Tyson Walker. I mean, even a guy who's kept missing, he never looked like he was forcing. He just looked like when he had an open shot, he just would take it, and so that's I think exactly what you want. And then I do like the fact that later he just started attacking the basket when he just couldn't get the shots to drop, which is a smart sort of move from a guard who can get around, do what he can do. Yeah, the guys that you want to see uh, that I think it's where you have the questions because I don't question AJ Hogarth in that way. I certainly don't question Pierre Brooks <laughs> or or um, or or really even Jade Naked. So those guys are going to be aggressive. Yeah. Um, I thought you know you already said Tyson once again aggressive. That's what I want to see. I'm fine with three for eleven. Just keep shooting. Um, Joey Hauser, great. Six for 12, four for eight on threes. Everything seemed to come. I think there was one forced shot Joey took in that game. All the, the other 11, I thought, were um, within the flow, good looks. The one guy disappointed me a little bit there was Malik Hall. But again, I thought he did some other things that, you know, it wasn't a, kind of a stereotypical Malik Hall game where he's disengaged, is that. It's not only that he's not scoring, it's that you don't even really notice that he's out there. And I didn't think that was the case tonight. I didn't think it was that, well, he's just existing. He's not doing anything. I didn't think it was that because I thought he was rebounding. I thought he was was giving them a presence at times. You mentioned the three blocks. Um, So he was contributing. He just wasn't taking shots. Right. Uh, so the next key would be was ball pressure. I mean, we already sort of talked about this. I think you know, you look at Michigan State; they still had six deals, so nothing compared to what was the Grand Valley. Yeah, well, that was, but they had six of the first half. They didn't get any in the second half. Um, that was a little bit disappointing, but um, all in all, I'm I'm pretty happy with the way again Walker and Hollibut I thought were really good defensively. Akins was fine, but he'll be better as he gets more comfortable getting back into, into, you know, game condition and AJ Hogard was all right. I, you know, it's funny saying all that when you look at uh, the game that Cone had, you know, <laughs> right. but Cone, but then again, you know, Cone didn't, I mean, yeah, he scored 20 points, but he was eight of 19 from the floor. It's not like he lit them up. He was four for 10 from three and look, give the kid credit. That's, that's a, that's a high major player. You know, he started his career at Virginia tech he transfers down to Northern Arizona. He was, I think he was a fourth leading scorer in the big sky last year. He might lead the conference in scoring this year. And he's a first team, all big sky guy in the preseason. And you could see why, you know, could Cone play somewhere in the big 10? Yeah, I think so. And he could probably do some damage. So I'm not that bothered even by the job they did against him. Um, I just, I do think Michigan state is more aggressive with ball pressure than they've been in the past. And I think we'll continue to see it. And, you know, what's going to be interesting, and we'll, we'll end up talking about this when we get into the Gonzaga preview, but 
Gonzaga's guards really struggled in their game against Tennessee. They played a scrimmage against Tennessee, which was essentially an an exhibition game. And uh, their guards really struggled. Tennessee's guards were very good defensively in their own right, gave them a lot of trouble. And I'm thinking that's an area Michigan State may be able to do some damage against Gonzaga. So we'll see if that ball pressure success continues. And the final key to the game was post touches. And so our, our hope was that they're going to get the ball into Kohler, maybe Sissoko kind of do a little inside out action. I think in some respects, Michigan State didn't really have to do that. They had a lot of open looks without having to go inside out oftentimes just by moving the ball around the perimeter. Uh, but there, I think, you know, overall there wasn't a whole lot of going in the post. They tried a couple times at Kohler and that was actually impressive. I think that Northern Arizona, you know, a guy who's has, there's no, I, I shouldn't say there's no film. I guess they probably watched the Grand Valley game, but as soon as Kohler got it, they were doubling him. I mean, it was interesting because they weren't doing that with Sissoko, obviously. They clearly had thought that that was a way to sort of attack him. They did with Malik Hall. They did with, with Joey a little bit. They were bringing a double fairly regularly. Um, I was disappointed in the first half. I thought Michigan State, you know, the, the half was fine, but I thought they settled a lot. And the fact of the matter is, you're going to get better looks, meaning more wide open or more in rhythm if the ball's going inside out. That's I just firmly believe mm-hmm. that. And I just didn't think Michigan State was very committed to getting post touches in the first half. I thought it was better in the second. Um, and I don't know. I didn't look at the splits by halves. Um, I guess, uh, let's see. Yeah, so... They, uh, yeah, they did shoot a lot better in the second half. Actually, they were 40.6% the first half, 48.5% the second half. So, you know, does one want to attribute it to that? I, I, I don't know, but I did think they were more successful. They've got to, it's got to continue to go up though. The, the bottom line is I, I think you know, unless you believe that Michigan State can become an elite pick and roll team, which maybe they can. I mean, Hogard certainly has that capability. I think Holloman could be good in that area as well. Uh, we know Tyson Walker can give you some of that also. Um, but if if you're not going to be really, really, really good in that area of the game, you have to get points in the paint and that kind of presence some other way. And post touches are the way that you traditionally get them and Michigan state's got guys who I look at and I think they can do damage. You know, we talked about Mahdi's look pretty good in his post opportunities, Jackson Kohler. We know, you know, we continue to see it. We saw it again today. Um, they need to continue to do more of that. They need to use Malik call more that way. Use Joey that way. They've got guys who could do that. They just need to go to it a little more often. Yeah, and so I guess the overall impression of the game, it was a reasonable, reasonably good effort. And I think, you know, looking at the season, I think we've got two points of evidence now, you know, we're two games, one exhibition, one actual game. I think the important things that we we're looking at, worried about going into the season, the things that you had concern about was, you know, what's going to happen to the five? I think we're okay. And I don't think it's a massive strength. I think it's, but it may be, to your point, maybe at the end of the season, we look back and say, they're actually better than they were last year by quite a bit at the five. And then, you know, is 
is uh, Hogar going to be better shooting? He misses three today, but we both thought it looked good. He looked good with the, at the Grand Valley game. His free throws look better. So I think his shooting is probably, he's going to be a plus shooter compared to last year for sure. And so, I, you know, those are the, I think the two biggest concerns we had, obviously rebounding is there and I think it's not worse than last year. And maybe it, it's, I guess the jury's out whether it's going to be better that's or the, not. That's the big one. That's the me. one. I guess if, I don't know. Yeah. If Michigan State's going to be a better team than they were last season, that's that's where they've got to be better than they were, and we haven't seen any evidence of that yet. We may, I sure hope we do, but we haven't seen it yet. I thought I thought today, the first half was fine, it was decent, solid, and then the second half they kind of gave some of that back a little bit. So maybe you say you know one step forward, one step back. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And I would say, again, I felt like Hogar was a little casual, and I think that was a little in the beginning to start the game, which I think they get you, put you in position where you end up getting fouling and things like that. So I think he's just got to come with a little more intensity, and that may be for the whole team. And it, this may be a little bit of playing down to your competition uh, that happened today, too. But we'll have to see if they how they – we're going to know in a hurry <laughs> what this team is after the next eight games, but – uh, the next one is on the aircraft carrier on Friday against Gonzaga. Any last thoughts with the game then? No, I think we've, you know, a, a decent solid start to the season. Not, not a lot to make you feel in either direction, you know, so, well, they're good. They look much better than we'd anticipated or boy, there's a problem. I mean, I think, you know, it was reasonable and now we get into the real tests that are going to give you a, a level check. Right. Um, going into Big Ten play. Were you, and finally, were you a little, because, you know, garbage time at the end, were you a little surprised they intentionally fouled Stephen Izzo to put him on the line? Oh, I think that was, that clearly, I don't know whether you saw it at uh, at, at the game, but uh, that was discussed. Yeah. I mean, I, um, I, was, I was surprised they did it. came over and talked to Izzo. Yeah. I think they were trying, I think that was, I, I can't imagine it was Izzo's idea. <laughs> No. I think that was that was their coach's uh, Bokar's idea, you know, to try and do him a solid and give him a chance to score his first points in a regulation game. Um, you know, because the thing is, with MSU schedule, you really don't know how much of an opportunity those guys are going to get to play right. the rest of the season. You know, we're used to having, you know, maybe four or five laughers in the non-conference there there's maybe one other, you know, the Brown game where you look at and think, okay, the rest of these, you would imagine, you know, and, and sure walk-ons get in sometimes in big 10 games. It's like, not like they'll never see the floor, but you, you kind of hope that they won't play a lot because if they do, that might mean that games aren't particularly close. Right. Um, so I thought it was kind of cool that he gave him an opportunity, you know, if that's what it was, that's how I interpret it. Yeah. I don't know how else you, I mean, that was clearly like an intentional foul to, to foul yeah. Izzo. And, and, and yeah, you look at the schedule and I mean, I was, I sent an email to a bunch of our listeners who are on the email list, which by the way, you can go to uh, the final force on the schedule.com and you can sign up for our email list. We get various things. So you post there from time to time. You're not going to get spammed. But uh, I, I mean, this was probably one of the better opportunities for Izzo to score. You figure when you look at the, the opponents and, State just never really separated themselves in that game. I mean, it never really got beyond 20, 18, 15, 20 points in that second half. Well, 20, 21, 21 was the peak. Yeah, right. And then uh, and then you look at the schedule again, you, maybe Oakland, maybe Buffalo and Brown, and those are like 
that those are about the only games you can't imagine you're going to see any of these guys in November or uh, early December, unless you, to your point, the Michigan State's getting blown out. I can't imagine, you know, that. I could see a scenario. I could see a scenario where they're up 10 with, you know, 30 seconds left and maybe they decide to do it, but, um, you know, against somebody better, but yeah, it's, it's just, there aren't going to be the normal number. There certainly aren't going to be a lot of games where you would expect, or they're going to get a minute and a half of run. You know, right. that's just probably not going to happen um, very much. You certainly hope not because if it does, again, it might mean bad things. Yeah. I would um, think that's probably the case. So one other, uh, one other note, I guess, since we're winding down that I, I do want to make um, to our listeners, um, I'm, uh, and it's about the forum on our, uh, on our website. Um, I'm not the biggest fan necessarily of in-game threads. I think that the ones at the Spartan mag board tend to be a lot of really dumb shoot from the hip kind of stuff <laughs> that ends up, ends up making the poster look like a moron in the end. But um, but I do want to mention something that I've done on that board pretty regularly, and I'm going to do it as best as I can. I'm not saying I'll do it every time out, but I did it tonight. Um, if you're interested, you know, if you're watching the game, um, I do a halftime thoughts post where just kind of update what I'm seeing, um, what I think they need to do better or continue to do well in the second half, et cetera. So I did one of those posts today. Again, most of the time, I'll, I'll be doing that on our uh, on our board. Um, so just a little point of interest, if, if any of our listeners are interested, kind of following along. And certainly if, if somebody wants to do uh, game posts for discussion, I don't mind that. I would, I would hope that our board will be a little better in terms of quality, um, of the quality of the discussion. But uh, in any event, just wanted to mention that. Yeah, no, I think we're going to start getting more activity there in the board. And um, yeah, it's open as long as you, you're not crazy person and spewing lots of just total nonsense. Uh, there's a lot, it's been actually really fun discussions there. And so I've, I appreciate it. And uh, for people, well, I mean, and I will not be participating in any of that because of one, I'm at the game uh, if it's in the Breslin center. And so I, I'm not going to do that. And it turns out anytime there's a TV timeout or anything else there, I don't know if there's just one tower a wireless tower in the Breslin center, but there's absolutely no way to get any sort of internet access, like wireless access at any break. Cause I think all the students are on their phones and <laughs> during the breaks and, I don't know. I can't can't check anything. So I'm pretty pretty hopeless even, uh, when I'm in there. So uh, the final request is that you go to our website. Uh, you go to sign up at for the email list. Also, if you are on your podcast player right now, which absolutely you are, make sure you leave a five star written review. Write something so that other Spartan fans can stumble across our show. If you know anyone who's interested in Michigan State basketball, make sure you spread along the show. We appreciate that. That is how this show is growing as much as it has over the last six months. We really appreciate it. We're very humbled by that. Uh, so we're going to have our preview for Gonzaga coming up fairly soon. And until next time, the final four is on the schedule. Go green. At Granger, we're for the ones who pay attention to every little detail. The ones who fuss, tinker, and sweat the small stuff. Because you know the tiniest thing can make the biggest difference when it comes to keeping business moving. We get it. We're the same way. Offering access to product experts to help you quickly and easily find what you need. 
So whatever your industry, you know you're always getting professional-grade products. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.